You're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study. We examine some questions teachers may face and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCrary, your host, and I'm also the leader for the Adult Explore the Bible team. Today, I'm being joined by Mike Livingston, who's one of the editors on the Adult Explore the Bible team. We're going to be looking at session three on our study of Luke chapters 10 through 24. So Mike, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. We're looking at Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 17. The main point is that God welcomes those who approach him in humble and simple faith. It's a parable. We've been looking at parables. We looked at three, uh, this will be our third consecutive parable uh, that we've examined. We've looked at the Good Samaritan, and then last week we looked at the prodigal or the lost son, depending on whichever way you want to title it. And now we're going to look at another parable that Jesus shares. In Luke 18, 9 through 12, we find Jesus telling a parable about two people, one of whom was a Pharisee who prayed with righteous arrogance and viewed himself as worthy of God's recognition. We've entitled this section in our outline, Religious Pride. And the main idea is that believers must safeguard against religious pride. In verses 13 and 14, Jesus introduces a tax collector into the story. This tax collector stood at a distance, saw himself as a sinner, and pleaded with God for mercy. Jesus declared the tax collector as being justified and not the Pharisee, explaining that the proud will be humbled and the humble will be exalted. We've entitled these verses, Godly Humility. And the main point here is that believers must confess their sins to the Father. In verses 15 and 17, immediately after this parable, we find that people are bringing infants to Jesus for a blessing, but they're being rebuked by the disciples. Jesus then invites the little children to himself, noting that God's kingdom belongs to people who receive Jesus with childlike faith. We've entitled this section simply Childlike Faith, verses 15 through 17, and the main point here is that God builds his kingdom on Christ-like trust and honesty. Mike, let's talk about this particular section, verses 9 through 17. Let's start off with this question. What makes religious pride so dangerous? And what may be some subtle expressions of religious pride that we see or that we may need to be on guard against today? Yeah, you know, C.S. Lewis devoted a whole chapter in his book, Mere Christianity, to pride. He called uh, pride the great sin. And he wrote in that chapter um, that as long as you're proud, you cannot know God. And then he followed that up with uh, saying that a proud person is always looking down on things and people. And, and as long as you're looking down, you can't see something that's above you. And I think that that gets to the heart of this question. And, and uh, Lewis also, he, he called uh, pride the anti-God state of mind. And I think we can make the case that um, the root and the essence of all sin is pride. It's unbelief and pride. You go back to Genesis 3, his sin started with doubting God, which was unbelief, and then attempting to take God's place, which is pride. Now, as far as, um, as, far as some expressions of pride go, some subtle expressions of pride, we see you know, one right there in the parable, in the Pharisee. It's the pride of self-righteousness. This Pharisee actually thought he was deserving of God's approval, that he had earned it. He, he uh, merited God's approval 
because he was better in his mind. He was better than other people, especially this tax collector. And that's, that's what legalism does. I do this or I don't do that. And therefore God is pleased with me. And that's exactly what the Pharisee was saying when he prayed to himself. Uh, so, you know, legalism is when you look for something other than Jesus, something other than grace to save you. And that's rooted in pride. It's thinking that there is something that we can do to merit acceptance of us, and that breeds a sense of entitlement and judgmentalism. But I think that another thing related to that um, is unteachableness. It's the pride of knowledge, thinking we know it all. That would tie with the C.S. Lewis quote about being an anti-God state of mind. In that, yeah, yeah. It's, it's that know-it-allness. I don't, I don't think that's an actual word, but um, I'm going to use it <laughs> anyway. It's, it's it is now. Yeah, it is now. Um, Howard Hendricks made a statement once that, that, I, that, that I've noted that the moment you come to a passage of scripture and you say, oh, I know that you're in deep trouble. You know, and that's, that's a real danger for many of us who have been in church all of our lives and studied the scripture for, for years or, or decades. But you know, the more, I think the more we grow in the knowledge of God, the more we grow in our knowledge of scripture, the more we ought to be driven to a sense of humility, understand how limited our knowledge really is. Knowing God and understanding spiritual truths and biblical truths should never turn us into religious know-it-alls who, who would use our knowledge to look down on others or to berate others who don't have that same level of understanding. Um, J.D. Greer in, the, in his book, Gospel, talks about theological pride. And, and he makes a statement that we can be prideful because we understand the very things that ought to lead us to humility. So, you know, understanding, the more we understand God, the more we understand biblical truth, the more humble we, we should become, the more we understand how limited our, our spiritual understanding actually is. In this, this parable, we see humility and confession taking place. How are those two things connected, humility and confession? Jesus used the Pharisee in the picture the wrong way to approach God. The Pharisee in his pride didn't feel the need to confess his own sins. He only confessed the sins of other people. Um, so he never saw his need because he was so prideful. But in contrast to that, you've got the tax collector who in his humility saw only his need. And that's all he saw was his own need. And so his prayer was, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. In the Greek language, it's literally the sinner, not a sinner, the sinner is what he said. And it's as if he's confessing that he's the sinner of all sinners, the greatest of all sinners, the most sinful of all sinners. And all he could do was cast himself on the mercy of God. And so if we want God's grace, we've got to first see our need for his grace and be willing to confess our need and confess our sins. And once again, we've talked about this in previous podcasts. You see two different people that you would expect to be in the opposite boat, and Jesus uses them in a way in this story where it evokes a specific response that's a surprise at that point. Yeah. Uh, Luke doesn't really let us catch a breath between the parable and then all of a sudden this event with these children coming forward to be blessed mm -hmm. kind of moves straight into it. How is there, or I guess a better way of saying, what is the relationship here between the tax collector and the children? And why, why was it important for Luke to include these two events back to back, the parable and the children coming to Jesus? 
Yeah, we're dealing with the same theme. The, 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 the emphasis of humility that, that we, we see in the, in the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, the emphasis there is on humility. And that is, is continued over into the account of, of Jesus blessing the children in verses 15 to 17. Like I said, um, the tax collector in the parable illustrated the right way to approach God is the way of humility. And then um, Jesus uses the, the, the child or children to, to further illustrate the same point. The way we come to God is, is humbly as a trusting child would approach loving parents. We're dealing, you know, we're dealing with humility. We're dealing with the same theme of, of how, do we, how are we to approach God. And it doesn't stop here. It doesn't stop with the children, the account of the children coming to Jesus. The same point continues to be made. Uh, in the following verses, uh, after the, uh, the account of Jesus blessing the children, we're introduced to the, to, to the rich ruler, the rich young ruler, who, like the, the Pharisee who went into the temple to pray, he would not humble himself. And then you've got after that, you've got Bartimaeus, the tax collector in the parable, and like the children who, who came to Jesus with humility. So you see this underlying theme running through all of these accounts, the parables and the accounts of the children and even the rich ruler and Bartimaeus, you know, the same theme running through all of this. We enter the kingdom of God with humility and childlike faith. In the leader pack, there is a pack item, pack item number nine, and it is a listing of the parables of Jesus in Luke. Uh, there are 26 different parables identified on that handout that all are included in Luke. Some of them are unique. We've already looked at some of them during this study. We've looked at the parable of the Good Samaritan. We've looked at the parable of the lost son or the prodigal. As I mentioned earlier, this lesson, we're looking at the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Uh, session seven, which is few, uh, three weeks from now, we'll be looking at the parable of the vineyard owner. Some people may ask, well, why are we looking at parables so much when we're looking at Luke? Well, there's 26 of them in the book, uh, in his gospel. So this handout can be one way to help uh, you explain to the group the importance of parables in this gospel, how uh, Luke used them and how Jesus used them to teach important truths. This particular parable, how, how simpler can it be? If you want to understand who God is, you want to have a relationship with him, then you approach him with humility and faith just like a child. So you see the significance of what he's trying to teach and what he's trying to say here. Mike, thank you for being with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, before we go, let me just tell you about Extra. In Extra, we identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news event to introduce and conclude the group time. The file is free and it works with the group plans in the Adult Leader Guide and the Leader Helps in the Adult Daily Discipleship Guide. These ideas are posted 10 days prior to the suggested use date. You can find these on the Explore the Bible website by typing the following in your web browser. GoExploreTheBible.com forward slash leader extras. That's GoExploreTheBible.com forward slash leader extras. Thank you for listening to us today, and we hope that you'll tell other teachers to tune in as well next week. As we look at session four, we will look at the five and two.